0: Alright, well here, Hannah, cheers Cheers it's The way we start every talk, Mental Health with Logan Noon This is the wonderful Hannah Udell, episode 9 um, If you guys haven't listened to episode 9, I think that was one of the best ones um, Super good story about your wild journey towards medical school ADHD, sexual assault, the depression, the whole nine yards It was great, you made me cry in that episode, it was a good one um, In a good way Good but, uh, yeah, so today is the 49th episode, um, pretty cool, and mm-hmm. thank you for coming back on. So we're talking about, um, Do No Harm, mm-hmm. which was a documentary screened at our school, um, about physician, physician and medical student burnout, produced by, I guess, Pamela Wibble? Wibble? Weeble?
1: Um, I don't know if she produced it.
0: She was one of the people. Do you know more about? I guess the basic facts.
1: Um, Robin something was the director. I should. How know can more. listeners
0: find this movie that we're talking about? At least um, the trailer.
1: Do no harm dot org dot com. I should. know. Or just
0: punch it on Google. YouTube and yeah. Yeah. I'll put the links in the Instagram. It's fine. Yeah. It's. Organization is not one of the reasons people like Talk Mental Health with Logan and, Um It's fine. <laughs> you should have looked this up. No, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'll put it in the... So... Um,
1: oh, it's Do No Harm Film. That's what it is. Do not Do No Harm Film.com. Um, a documentary exposing the epidemic of physician suicide and burnout.
0: Okay. Yes. So I guess let's just... Um, I guess the way we'll kind of outline this episode is we'll talk about... The movie, then our reactions to the movie, and then I guess just like what we feel about physician and medical student burnout, mm-hmm. and how we think that the problem could be improved upon. Okay. Um, all right, so what did you think of this movie?
1: Um, so I played a role in bringing it to Yakima, um, and... So it wasn't something I like looked up on my own. That you saw it ahead of time, right? Or you, you tried to get it right. So
0: I, as the psychiatry club president last year, uh-huh. reached out to them. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the uh, screening fee was, like, exorbitant. Yeah. It was something absurd. I was like, yeah, yeah. okay. Our yeah. $70 in our student yeah. club account is not going to cover this. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but either way, you got it together. So props to you because uh, you're part of what association again?
1: Um, it's the Yakima County Medical Society. Okay. So I have a role. It's a student role on there. And... Um, someone who was in this that's position before me really tried to get it and just it didn't go through kind of the the vote and all of that stuff to get the money approved and then so it was kind of the project was passed down to me this year and got it approved. Um the cost actually went up to five thousand dollars to, to oh, wow. screen it. Um, it's not available online, but these filmmakers put a lot of energy into making it, and so, mm-hmm. like any other film, you know that shows around the country, you have to pay a fee to show it.
0: And uh, I think it eventually is going to be on like the streaming platform. Yeah, I'm sure it yeah. will be. I'm sure it will be. So, you listeners we're... will get to watch for mm-hmm. free. Yeah, eventually.
1: Yeah. So. Planning for this started several months ago, and my main role was kind of getting the facilities, um, so getting PNWU on board. And um, because if you could, you did
0: a nice job, it was it good? Thank you. Good organization.
1: Good, thank you. Um, yeah, so it's a a film about it. Kind of follows um, the story of one guy who
0: a medical student a medic, at first, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember how it, how it even starts. Pretty well, much- I think there was like
0: three separate kind of characters. Yeah, but it, there was, yeah, that one main character who like they start followed him as a student. Mm-hmm. Um, and why he was very significant in the story is because he attempted suicide uh, and failed. Mm-hmm. Um so it was a good thing mm-hmm. but it kind of talked about like why he did that and then his role in residency and how he didn't like it in residency mm-hmm. and then also stories of other physicians who ended up um being successful in their suicide attempts yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Um so what was your biggest like takeaways? What was your biggest memories from that movie screening? Mm-hmm. Um
1: I mean it's just heartbreaking to you know to see this but um also it just left me wanting to know more about um the actual numbers and statistics behind this and um and like the cover ups that are going on it kind of they talk a lot in broad terms about kind of top cover ups mm-hmm. that happen um oftentimes at residencies where I, or like there's a big stream of I think it happened in New York maybe a bunch of mm-hmm. people at one hospital um, committed suicide and um, just very curious about um, from the administrative level why mm-hmm. it's not dealt with or how they deal with it and how we could do better from that standpoint I guess
0: Yeah, I remember the scene I think you're talking about um, it was you know the the kind of I guess, master of ceremonies whatever you want to call it dr pamela wibble was walking around that hospital where a physician did commit suicide and she had pictures of the person and so she asked just random employees of the hospital like hey do you know what happened to this individual and like nobody knew they thought he maybe transferred jobs or was on vacation or something and she was like no he you know committed suicide and um and it just seemed so strange to me because it's like okay when like You know, I've worked at organizations when someone retires, like a huge blast email goes out. Mm -hmm. Or like if there's some weird random policy change at the organization, big blast email goes out. It's like, well, why in these situations are there not like, hey, like this happened and you guys all should be aware?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think in our general news, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but for the most part, you don't see suicides in the newspaper because... Um, I think the thought is, or it was in the past, that um, if you report on those things and you see like uh, like an uptick in suicides, mm-hmm. so I think just throughout our entire society, we don't talk about it and mm-hmm. we don't report on it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I liked the movie and I also disliked the movie. I liked. You know, I think people are moved by stories, not facts, all the time kind of thing. So, Mm -hmm. like, those compelling stories, hearing um, these physicians who... A lot of time, it also seemed like there was, like, some legal kind of concerns involved. Like, maybe they were going through a process where they were being sued. Maybe they were going through a process of losing their license or something. Mm -hmm. And it's like these people's identities was just so shook if they were no longer... uh, a respected physician maybe as they used to be Or whatever you want to say And it's just like they couldn't live with that And that's how That's how I almost interpreted a lot of that movie um, Sadly though I feel like I wasn't all that surprised I yeah. guess maybe just because we're in the weeds Like we're in yeah. medical school We're mm-hmm. like well Yeah, yeah I yeah. knew that I knew that So I, That's what
1: I, Dr. Beachy said
0: Yeah You know I would like to almost hear people's perspectives who don't know medical school stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, I had a friend who was there who was not in medical school, who just was kind of dumbfounded by it, just mm-hmm. had no clue that it was that big of an issue. Um, I've heard people talk about in general how, I mean, it's it's multifactorial, obviously, um, but... For the most part, it's expect, it's understood that the rates of suicide are high, higher than the general public amongst mm-hmm. physicians um, and that physicians aren't reaching out for help, um, whether it be because they're high achievers and um, they don't deal with like kind of a breakdown of their health as well um, as maybe other people or they don't feel like they can reach out for help because of convention, um, confidentiality issues. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you think about the electronic health record and how every person who has access to that, um, even though you're not supposed to, mm-hmm. you can you have access to people who aren't even your patients. Yeah. Um, so, I'd love to see the actual numbers on why people aren't reaching out as much as they should. Yeah. And for example, um, just one of the resources in town, um, it's a program, like it's an employee health program for, I think people at Memorial who work there, okay. not just doctors, but other people. And you can see a psychologist or psychiatrist or someone confident, like in a confident, um, uh, confidential session. But I think it has to be you only have, like, two sessions or three sessions per problem. Hmm. So you can't really have a long relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Although I've heard that you can kind of um, say, like, oh, I'm going to do three sessions for stress and then three sessions for um. marital problems or something like that. Um, so there is this, like, oh, we have this thing f- to help you, mm-hmm. but there's a very clear limit on it.
0: Yeah. And, well, I, I feel like people outside of the world of medicine look at doctors and, like, they don't get why there is a burnout kind of problem. It's like, okay, physicians are well paid. Um, they have a profession that, like, you know, I came from a world of insurance underwriting, which was god-awfully mm-hmm. boring. And so I'd always think of, like, physician, like, oh, I'm doing something meaningful. Like, at least I'm, mm-hmm. like, having an impact on people's lives versus, mm-hmm. like, saving some billionaire an extra few cents on the dollar kind of thing and so you know outside of the world of medicine I feel like people just don't get it it's like well why are these physicians killing suicide or committing suicide excuse Mm -hmm. me and or maybe they just simply don't know I feel like it's kind of coming more and more into the mainstream um, but I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't
1: know how much of it is. It's becoming more mainstream versus like I'm more in the world, and so it doesn't seem shocking to me anymore. Yeah, I like was the same thing with you. I watched that, and I was like, none of this is shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard.
0: I I struggle talking about burnout. I remember actually prior to that event, someone asked me because I like public speaking. Yeah. They're like, "Are you talking at that event?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, I hope not," because I. I I feel like the worst of my depression was prior to medical school mm-hmm. and I feel like because I went through that very challenging time of my life I mm-hmm. developed all these coping mechanisms that yeah. I've been able to apply to medical school. Mm-hmm. So I almost feel like I'm in a better position to handle this. Like do you feel that way?
1: Oh, definitely. Um yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm very I feel very fortunate that I went through like struggles in college and other times of my Mm -hmm. adult life um so i have tools that i'm now using in medical school but i admit like i'm just so afraid of residency Mm. just like i think a lot of people are afraid Mm -hmm. of this whole burnout thing and um and just what we hear lies ahead for us and it's almost like Paralyzing because it's like, well, we have to go through that. Everyone has to go through residency, Mm -hmm. Um, and and it's supposed to be hard, you know. And I guess in the the film, they talked a little bit about um, putting the cap. On the number of hours mm-hmm. and how that was then overturned. Yeah, I was about to bring that up. Yeah, and I don't. So I don't, why don't you
0: explain that to the listeners? I have actually, no idea what they're talking about.
1: Okay, so for residency, um, which is what you have to do after medical school, it's from three to seven yeah. years. Um, notoriously, everyone has worked really, ch- really, really hard, and um, I think that there was a cap. I don't. I don't even know what legislating body.
0: uh, Ah, that's a good question. I thought (laughs) I. Yeah, I don't know either. I thought it was just. I don't know. The American Medical Association. It wasn't Congress.
1: A cap of like eighty hours a week. Yeah,
0: which it seems like people were still working more than eighty hours a week. Yeah, so it was stupid. And then they did this whole study about how because it was all came down to like patient safety. Mm -hmm. I remember. And okay, we'll put this cap on uh, resident hours per week Um, and they did this big study on if it's going to have a positive impact on patient safety and it didn't really so they kind of just said like fuck it and you know whatever and there's I think it really varies depending on the specialty of course Mm -hmm. Um, I think psychiatry is a little less Mm -hmm. hour intense than maybe um, surgery or like OBGYN kind of thing but I, I just know like the running joke it seems like is resident doctors are per hour like the lowest paid employees. Yeah, well, they're, they're
1: super cheap labor. Yeah, because they get paid like I don't know, average of like 45, forty five, forty thousand dollars. Yeah,
0: month. I think it might even be a little more healthy than that. Okay, but like like fifty or something. Yeah. But either way, you know, when you're working eighty to hundred hours a week, yeah, you know, that's not. Yeah. And you are doing essential doctor work. You
1: are, yeah, and you like they're the ones who are on call, mm-hmm. and not in every residency program. I know a psychiatry program in northern Wisconsin, I've got connections there, and the residents don't take call, Hmm. Um, which um, is kind of on the other end of the spectrum as well, like, are they being adequately prepared for Mm -hmm. patient care if they don't have a more intense schedule? Um, And I think that's kind of where my fear comes from, is like, feeling like... I can do well, and I can, like, perform under pressure, but only if I get eight hours of sleep, you know, yeah. and only if I exercise every day, and only if, you know, and then recognizing that there will be this time when I'm working 80, 100 hours a week, and I've never done that before, and mm-hmm. I don't think my body can take it, Yeah, and it's like, if I'm... You know, feeling really tired, for example, this week. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, you and I were talking, like we're not even studying, but this patient care is exhausting. And we're yeah. not even the ones who are responsible for these people or mm-hmm. just they're learning.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so I'm just terrified, I guess, yeah. of what's to come. Um, yet, I guess I'm not motivated to, I, I don't know, do anything because we all have to do it. Yeah, And if I, I feel like... Well, then like we have
0: no positions of power at the exactly, moment. Exactly, yeah. yeah.
1: And part of me, like, I will be looking when I look at residencies of how much call they have and what seems like a healthy amount. But there's a little thing in the back of my mind that's saying, well, you know, are you just looking for the easy way mm-hmm. out, you know? And and if you do go to a residency where you don't, you know, take call, for example, does that mean that you're going to be not as good at a doctor at the end? Yeah. I don't know. Um so,
0: yeah, I feel in this weird place because sleep is so vital for my bipolar management mm-hmm. control. And I've prior to medical school, I did a few overnight shifts, and it fucks me up. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: I did. I did one all nighter in medical school, and I had an auditory hallucination.
0: Oh really? <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. I had
1: never had that before.
0: Yeah, it's like, and I i think it's just because i maybe have ego issues but like i really pride myself at least now as i don't want accommodations because i have bipolar disorder it's like no like i want to be thought of as a normal student kind of thing but i'm very very concerned once i enter enter residency it's Mm -hmm. like if you keep me up for four nights in a row or something crazy like i'll have a manic episode i'll put a thousand dollars on it and it's like yeah I don't know. So I'm I'm very, very concerned. And another big, I remember, takeaway from the movie that I didn't really realize is, you know, I'm very open, you're very open about, like, uh, taking meds, going to a therapist, using the mental health system. And it seems like physicians who are open about that or go through the proper channels sometimes get almost, like, blacklisted or, like, red flagged, like... They have to go through all these extra hoops, um, random drug screens, like all these like kind of random programs. And one thing I learned from that documentary, and then there was like a and A after, is how many people use like pseudonyms and, or like pay in cash out of yeah. pocket to seek out mental health care yeah. so that they don't get red flagged. Yeah. Um, and that was very very alarming to me. Yeah. Um, Macy's husband Kendall uh, goes to me. He's like. He's like, dude, what are you going to do? He's like, you know, someone could Google your name and in two seconds find out your bipolar disorder. And it's, mm-hmm. I just try not to think about it, but it, I know it's kind of a reality of the yeah. system. Well,
1: I mean, your approach, correct me if I'm wrong, is like the more I talk about it, the more I normalize it, mm-hmm. the more other people feel empowered to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree that that's a great approach. I mean, there's, I think it's important to have healthy boundaries with your patients. Um, and in the future, if patients, you know, like, uh, you know, approach you or me or whatever about our own issues, like, I think we will have to, like, make some choices to, you know, share or not share. They can read what they want, but mm-hmm. our visit with them, um, keep those boundaries. Um, but uh, where was I going with this? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I... <laughs> Yeah, and I should have done more research. I don't know what those rules are in terms of uh, docs who have any sort of mental illness when they have to report that. And I just feel like using pseudonyms and going out of network to get care, that's just increasing the stigma. And if we mm-hmm. can't, as providers, um, you know... Um, feel comfortable getting help, how, you know, how can yeah. we ask that of our patients?
0: Exactly. Yeah. And um, it even seems like people were afraid to take medication because then you really can't use a pseudonym. It's like you can't go to a pharmacy and use a pseudonym. Yeah, like. yeah. And so it seems like we identify these treatment modalities that we eventually mm-hmm. will prescribe to our patients, yet we're afraid yeah. to take them. It just seems yeah. ludicrous. To it think. is
1: weird, though. I don't know if you've noticed, like... I get this... Like, I went to go fill a prescription of mine and um, there was a pharmacy student there and, like, he and I have had a conversation before because, like, Mm. goes to, you know, the the pharmacy school that's associated Mm. with PNWU and it's, like, you look at the prescription and you could, you know, you know... Yeah. But at the same time, that's, like, his job and as a, um, you know, as a healthcare provider and... I'm you know that it's guessing PIPA laws would like prevent him from sharing that with anyone and it's the same thing like when we're in clinic um, I'm sure even as students like we're rotating with doctors who then our classmates come in to see Mm -hmm. Um, so we just kind of have to trust the system
0: yeah yeah. I mean there was like so I guess let's maybe we're only talked for what 20 minutes something like that so some things I didn't like. Yes. Um, you know, like it seemed, you know, so there, there's hotlines that are endorsed by these large organizations. Um, I, I think, what was it? Washington's Physician Health Program. And I think most states have physicians Health Programs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't feel comfortable with promoting that we shouldn't use those. Um, and there's these other avenues that um, like that one website that was referred to in the movie it's like okay like that that might be a good option but you know if 10,000 physicians a day or something like that are going to call into this hotline and it's only run by maybe one or two people that's not sustainable that's not a good way to tackle this problem and I get that there's problems with the physician health programs, but it's just like, that's not a solution to this problem here. Like, that seems so stupid to me. Mm -hmm. And that really, really rubbed me the wrong way. It's like, we should try to improve the systems that we have rather than trying to tell, I don't know, these, it was weird. What did you think?
1: Yeah, um, to give listeners some context, there were some people who came and shared stories after the film about their loved ones who were doctors who committed suicide in Washington mm-hmm. um, and they had amazing like they it it just was like so amazing to have them there they mm-hmm. were very like well spoken I thought and just told a very like um, it just was heartbreaking but also mm-hmm. like I felt like well told stories and several of them um, were uh their Their loved one was going through some sort of disciplinary process at the time, um, whether it be right or wrong, um, that kind of seemed to be the thing that that they pointed to as causing mm-hmm. their death was this physician's health program, um, which my understanding is the way that who doctor, in which doctors who um, have any sort of behavioral issue, substance use issue. They can keep their license if they go through this program. Um, and I just felt like um, we should have moved on from that conversation mm-hmm. of pointing a finger at that and talked more about, okay, what programs do we have in place and what do we like about them and mm-hmm. um, actual things that we could, like, there, were a lot of ta- there was a lot of talent in the room. There are a lot of ideas in the room. Um, And I wish we would have kind of used that more.
0: Yeah. I kind of equate sometimes, I was thinking about this before you came over, talking about burnout to like talking about mental health stigma as a whole. And there's a lot of mental health advocates like myself who maybe have YouTube channels or Instagram pages, podcasts, whatever they mean. And not all of them, but some of them are like, we need to stomp out the stigma. We need to end the stigma. Rah, rah, rah. And I don't like that approach to the problem. Just almost like, for lack of better expression, like crying about it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, we need to offer solutions and ways to improve the problem. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like just complaining. Like, I feel like we have to offer actual solutions. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I get complaining. We do, do need to raise awareness about this, but it's like, We need to approach the medical system with an alternative option. And until we do that, it's like complaining doesn't get us anywhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think the approach of um, some people involved in that film was like the shock value of this Mm. is happening. And maybe that that is needed for the general public. Like you and I Mm. said, we're in this world now, and so it's hard for us to understand. Is this even surprising? Um, But for... Maybe for some people, yeah, it is. Um, And that shock value of just like, this sucks. And this is a thing. This is happening. Like, that's beneficial. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm the same way as you. It's like, I want to talk about like what we can do. And and also, talk about burnout, not just in like what it looks like. Or not, not just in like the word, but like actually what it looks like. Like on a day to day, what that means mm-hmm. in terms of um, when a doctor wakes up and how they feel and how it affects, you know the you know the conversations they have at breakfast and how they interact with their family and how they interact with their um, you know their nurses and MAs and um, the relationship with electronic records and you know actually just. Like let's talk about feelings, and let's talk about mm. um, more specifics rather than just this kind of broad
0: yeah. thing. So I work at a clinic now that I think has, it's a family medicine clinic that I think really represents what I feel is almost as good as it gets at the moment of medicine. For mm-hmm. I don't, I guess I can't necessarily say for patients, but for physicians, mm-hmm. none of the physicians work full time. Cool. They work like normally three days a week or four days a week. And it just, its I get a sense that they're not there for the money. Mm-hmm. And I really like that and I emulate that in my future career. Um, I don't know how much I'm really going to be able to do that at first. Mm-hmm. I'll be graduating with well over $300,000 worth of debt. Yep, same. Um, it's super scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one thing that, that motivates me uh Well, th- I guess more scares me about burnout And because I feel that I'm going to be so scared by that debt And so almost weighed down by that debt That I think I will work much, much more than I want to Yeah,
1: I totally agree I totally agree I'm like right off the bat I've always said that I don't want to work full time Not because I want to like necessarily like raise a family or anything mm-hmm. But because I want to cook and... You know hike And enjoy my life And not let work consume me
0: Well one thing I got from the movie And we already kind of talked about it It's like when these physicians Like maybe Were threatening to get their uh, license Taken away um, Or whatever It's like that was their only means of an identity Mm. And I think that's really like the big problem Like if you If I'm no longer a doctor Like my life's over And it's like I never, ever want to feel that way. Yeah, I
1: totally agree. And, yeah.
0: like, I I feel like I kind of sound like a broken record, but, like, it has to be balanced. Like, I want to be a husband, uh, a father, uh, you know, aspiring golfer. Mm-hmm. I want to be a race car driver. I have, like, all these yeah. crazy things. Yeah. Hiker, like you said. But it's like, <laughs> you know, if medicine is taken away from me, like, listen, like, I worked in insurance before. I'm not going to love it, but I'll go back. Like, it's I don't ever want to think, like, I don't know. My life is just medicine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we go through all this training, though, and I wonder if there's you know, already a shortage of doctors. If every doctor said, you know, enough, I'm going to only work the amount that's healthy for myself, mm-hmm. what would that look like? Yet at the same time, if we had well-rested doctors and we had an electronic health records system that worked for us and wasn't just like this advanced billing platform for the mm-hmm. insurance companies um, and we really had like a streamlined medicine that was efficient um, maybe that would be more realistic I don't know
0: that was one thing I thought that was missing from the movie is almost like okay it's medicine kind of thing or like is this more difficult in that's fine so <laughs> what are your, your I guess like final thoughts kind of on burnout and like You know, I kind of look at it, you know, we're not in positions of power yet, but we will be. Mm -hmm. So, like, what is, I guess, your kind of course of action of how are you going to help other people around us?
1: I think it's important to have physicians and and positions of power um, to have physician-run organizations. Mm -hmm. My understanding is that um, it's oftentimes... Like that oftentimes leads to more satisfaction in employees when it's the health system is run by people who actually understand what the needs are mm-hmm. of the docs. That makes sense to me. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think it's important for people to not shy away from what their struggles are. You know. And not just say, oh, I need to kind of take this time and and take off, but maybe be a little bit more like, okay, it was these specific things that I think led to my burnout or led to Mm -hmm. um, me, um, I don't know. Um, And instead of just like, yeah, taking off for a little bit and coming back and then like getting fed up again and just taking Mm -hmm. vacation again, um, actually being vocal about what those issues are but this is obviously someone coming from someone who has no clue what it's like to be in that position yeah and yeah i'm mostly just scared about it but i hope that you know we can keep talking and our classmates can keep talking and we're all going to be going through it together we're going to be in Mm -hmm. an intern year across the country um and curious to see You know, as this new age of doctors comes in and we're people who are a lot more vocal about our mental health needs, Mm -hmm. um, maybe that, you know, a change will happen.
0: Yeah. I kind of look at it, it's like I, I, doctors, I feel like used to have this old, like almost the, ivory tower like I'm so much smarter than you I'm so much better than you I'm so much richer than you kind of thing (laughs) and it's like the more we can identify like oh no I have problems too Mm -hmm. this is how I treat my problems This is, and maybe this is how you can treat yours kind of thing like people in clinic all the time talk about like oh I lost weight and this is how I approached it like why aren't we having the same conversation about I felt really really sad and being okay with that kind of thing Um, I also really think like pull, I, I think... I would love to see studies on our system versus, like, Europe's socialized medicine system. Because I think that that has to produce happier doctors.
1: Yeah, I wonder... Because, like I said, with our um, our electronic records being this billing platform, mm. it's all for insurance. And I wonder if we didn't have such, like... A crazy insurance system. Yeah, it would be if that would be a lot simpler, and then you wouldn't have so many like middlemen. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many people Mm -hmm. um, who are in between, like the getting having an appointment, and then um, what happens with um, you know the the billing and the coding and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And that just jacks with the price of everything. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if there was a more like simple system, yeah. um, things would be less costly. And um, oh, just uh, I, I forgot about this until now. So many doctors have said to me how frustrated they are by um, insurance companies like randomly not co- covering like a certain inhaler. And, like, a kid going without their inhaler. And and just not even saying, oh, we're going to cover this other one. Just saying, we're not covering that one anymore. Mm -hmm. And then just, like, flip-flopping back and forth. Yeah. Like, every, like, one year it's this. And and then it's that times however many patients are on that inhaler. Mm -hmm. And the doc's like, okay, sure, fine. Like, switch to this other one. But that just happens time and time again. And it's, you know, and that's just one example. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just this week... Like, I heard so many conversations of, like, someone saying to the doctor, like, hey, they won't cover that specific antibiotic. Yeah. And it's just, like, time and time again that happens. And that really, like, the doctors have said to me, like, this is the reality of my life. Like, this is the shit that really sucks. Um, And so, yeah, I, I just feel like once we get a better, when we do get a better mm-hmm. system, because we will elect someone who will change our system and make Let's it hope better, so. right? Yeah. Um, that it, some people, are like, oh, are you worried as a doctor that, like, your salary won't be as good if we have more, like, socialized medicine? I'm like, hell no. Like, no. I'm not, if you went like, into
0: medicine for the money, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah,
1: right, there are other ways to make money. And,
0: I mean, just, honestly, this week, and this is more from a patient perspective, but, like, I have been seeing... Essentially, the same therapist all of medical school, and I'm mm-hmm. now a third year. And uh, you know my wife switched jobs, I get insurance through her. So I've seen the therapist, I think like two, yeah, two times since switching the new insurance, and I get this call, "Hey, we're not covering that uh, the, That provider's in our network, but we're not going to pay for those services because you didn't have a prior author- insurance authorization." Oh. And I was like, I've seen that person for three years. They give me my bipolar meds. They provide therapy. She's a nurse who does both, nurse uh-huh. practitioner. And I was just like, "What the fuck?" And she, the billing person from her office, said I should call the insurance company and explain the situation and beg. But she highly anticipated that it's not going to work, and I'll probably have to pay like four hundred dollars. And I was just like, well, "It." I don't know. And it, that's
1: a pain for you, yeah. Like in this privileged position, like under, you know. Being able to articulate what your needs are and everything, like, and it's still, they still think that it's gonna be denied. Yeah. Like, that's just ridiculous.
0: Yeah. And it's, it, it's, I don't know. I it mean, I. It shouldn't be
1: that complicated.
0: Yeah. And I also, like, kind of, uh, I, I lived in Scotland for a while, and I had some friends who were in medical school there. And they were in medical school at 19 years old and like it was right out of high school and I think it was like six or seven years of training and then they did their residency kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it was just much more spread out versus the American model, which I, I feel like I would have retained so much more of that information if it was at a slower pace and less intense. Because it just kind of, it turned into me cramming information. It turned into, mm-hmm. it wasn't an enjoyable learning environment. I've always enjoyed school from mm-hmm. a very young age. And I enjoyed parts of medical school, but some of it I definitely hated.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I am grateful for doing undergrad and learning stuff that I you know if I would have just started this med- medical school track not been able to take mm-hmm. you know anthropology courses or something really interesting I wouldn't mm-hmm. been sad but yeah that's a good point <laughs> just
0: um it'd be
1: wonderful to talk to med students yeah in Scotland
0: yeah well and then there's this one doctor that I really enjoy uh speaking with and she's on instagram at Freud in fashion uh, Yeah, Freud and fashion I've had her on the podcast, she's awesome And uh, she wrote me a letter to rec She's a great Aww, woman cool. And she kind of says her method For approaching burnout is like For physicians you should look at it as Having multiple different income streams Kind of thing uh, Like she makes some of her money off of uh, Obviously seeing patients But she also does like uh, uh, Speaking engagements Kind of thing and other consults yeah, Magdalena is being a terrible assistant producer for this podcast right now. Um, so, hopefully, these listeners weren't too distracted by the dogs. Um, I think we should go hang out with the dogs and yes. drink some more beer. Definitely. Um, listeners, hopefully, you still enjoy talking to us or listening, whatever. I can barely even focus right now um, <laughs> no. listening to these crazy dogs. But, uh, well, cheers. Let's cheers. finish it off.
1: Yes. To hopefully not having such yeah. horrible burnout in the future.
0: Well, sure. and one yeah. way to approach burnout is maybe getting a dog. I actually posted yes. it on Instagram about I that I saw today. that. Yeah, I loved so.
1: it. Oh, my God. I'm so glad I have Opie.
0: He yes. saves me. Seriously. Yes. All right.
1: The, I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal.
0: Join Tubi in celebrating Black History Month with the largest free collection of black cinema streaming every day of the year,
1: including exclusive Tubi Originals, Howard High, and Pass the Mic. Tubi. Watch free.